Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven, have you have you quit on the team yet? No, have no, you stuck a fork in I was, yet? I have not, but you and uh, I've I've been cruising a little bit though. Okay. So uh, let's say that. Yeah, I uh, mentioned it on the last episode. I've been dealing with a few personal stuff, nothing too major, but enough to where I have not really been at a computer conveniently yet Tuesday evenings. So it's my fault, but those those things are all fixed. We're good to go. Um, I think we're going to be back on a weekly schedule and soon, maybe this episode, commercial free. Are you well, excited about that? I had to I start with the good news. That. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the re- like relatively uh, normal schedule we sort of got worked out in the in the foreseeable future. So hopefully, we'll be coming back to you more often where, where we can actually <laughs> we could talk about stuff instead of having like, oh yeah, here here's the latest like um, you know sort of piling on weird bad thing that's happened to the Dodgers so uh, well speaking yeah. of that um yeah. now you you forgot to ask her twitter questions that's normally your responsibility yep. you didn't do it right no little do you know i have a secret dodgers account one of the dodgers um online beat reporters is actually me i asked for accounts so i've got some questions for you ready i am ready okay al sweet wants to know why is the hmm. dodgers offense so bad so I th- well, I think it's, you know, if you look at it, you know, Dodger Stadium is such a nice property, mm-hmm. but they don't have any tomato plants yep. anywhere on the on the premises. So, now, uh, well, here's here's the weird thing, right? So, we're recording this on May 1st. It's May Day, and it's May Day for the Dodger season because they they begin the day eight games back of the Diamondbacks. Part of that is the Diamondbacks are playing out of their minds. Part of that is the Dodgers playing really, really badly. Um, I'm not trying to you know, discount their bad start. They have outscored their opponents this year. They're, um, the Dodgers are actually averaging like 4.7, I think, runs a game, which is like decent, but it's been like super inconsistent. Like mm-hmm. over the weekend, they scored like 15 runs in game one of the doubleheader against the Giants. They lost the other three games. Um, they uh, they lost uh, a bunch to the Marlins. Uh, just, you know, they scored a lot in San Diego, that three-game sweep, they, I think they scored 30 runs in three games. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, it's been, like, it's been really hit or miss. Like, um, 
So yeah, I I don't want to say the offense is bad. It has a lot of bad components. Like Allison weird, weirdly so bad. Yes, yes. So here, well, here's the here's the weird thing, right? So they're they're twelve and sixteen, uh, or after Monday, um, that's the end of April. And but you look at it like if someone told you like right now, um, a Yasmani Grandal would be the best hitter on the team, like having like a like a you know as good as he's ever been in this his fourth year as a Dodger. Matt Camp, not not an albatross. He's ha- has like a 900 OPS. Um, Jock Peterson, the immense patience they showed in Jock Peterson is actually paying off. He's hitting well, and Chase Utley has come back from the grave, and is like one of the one of the teams like actually putting up really good numbers in in his limited duty. So like if you told me that, you're like, well, this is obviously going to be a great start. <laughs> but like almost literally everybody else has been like you know almost non-existent. So that's that's like part of the big problem. So a related question. Uh, Dr. Neal wants to know, why are the Dodgers getting hurt so much? Um, can I just ask, when you're done with this question, are you going to put it in the Ella trash folder? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, can you ask it again? I was too busy getting why that joke Why are the Dodgers out. getting hurt so much? Is this a systemic um, thing? Is this just bad luck? I, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, this is Dr. Uh, Dr. Neal asking. Sure. Um so he ended it with well, a, dollar, a bunch of dollar signs at the end. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, did he? Have, I wonder. Is it, is it a flat fee or does he get paid <laughs> by the procedure? I don't know. Um, so, like Justin Turner took a Kendall Graveman fastball to the wrist. He crowds the plate. That's going to happen. Um, Logan Forsyth uh, shoulder inflammation. He says it was sort of probably helped or brought on by having to make the longer throws from third instead of second. So we have a, a very, a, like a butterfly effect situation going on here. Um, Yasiel Puig off to like a bad start, crashed into the wall and then like uh, immediately fell the rocket off of his own foot um, on Saturday. He's on the DL. Um, just, I don't know. Like the, and then, the, well, let's the talk senior, about the big one. Yeah, yeah let's talk yeah. about Corey because yeah, I've seen a lot of scuttlebutt on like, could they have the the elbow was an issue as dating back to last season. Could yeah. they have done done handle this differently to avoid have mitigated or avoided this altogether? Yeah, I think it's a completely fair question. You know, I don't think this is as cut and dry as like, um, you know, say like Chad Billingsley or or the, the many pitchers who say, look, I'm going to try like PRP injection and then that like hardly ever works. And then you end up getting surgery anyway, and you're just delaying the inevitable just generally though. And look, Seager's not a pitcher. It's a little bit different, but just generally the, the idea you, you try to avoid surgery at all costs until it's like, you know, you have to do it. So as I understand the situation, I wasn't in Arizona for sort of the discussion of this on Monday when it all broke, but um, Seager was dealing with the elbow stuff back in August. It was like inflammation, among the options, I believe, um, you know, Tommy John surgery was an option, apparently, like in the office for the offseason. Um, but it sounded like just from what I was read about it, that uh, the severity of his elbow did not like make it like a, a must. Right. They're like um, they're looking at Tommy John surgery for a position player. It's like um, not let's say nine to 12 months is the general thing rather than like, say, 15 mm-hmm. months for a pitcher. So if you do it in, in let's say November one or they the World Game seven was November one let's say the early let's say just the next day right November second he goes in 
get surgery. So you're looking at best case scenario is that he's back end of August, probably maybe September. So you get your your best case scenario with that surgery is that you get a Seager playing the final month of the season in, in theory, maybe getting ready for the playoffs. So that's what you're looking at. They opted for, you know, the upside of waiting is that Seager doesn't necessarily need surgery because, like I said, I guess it wasn't severe enough at the time to require Tommy John surgery, which obviously is a major surgery. So they their their plan was let's ride it out. Maybe he gets through the season, then we figure out what to do next off season or whatever. Um, so the what you you're losing on the back end there. So now he's he's having the surgery Friday. It's the first week in May. So let's there's a decent chance he's back by opening day next year, but let's get, let's go the full 12 months and say it takes him until the first week of May to get back. So you, what you've lost by waiting is that first month of next season plus in potential like playoff this year. But I think what, how they would look at that, that's best case scenario for this year. He, he very well could have missed all this year had he had the surgery in November. So I know this is all, you know, speculation. It's a completely fair question. Cause like, Look, he's he was not very good in the last like five weeks of the year. Um, he said it hurt him every time he threw. They they did a they tried to slow play him in spring training. It just you know he was he wasn't hitting very well this year. He but he did like homer over the weekend. But it was the problems were more on, on defense and it hurt him on a couple throws. So it's a fair question. I just think like I don't think they lost a ton more by waiting. Um, you know. They like I said they'll probably lose the first month of next season, but I think the playoffs this year, had he had the surgery in November, were like best best case scenario. So, um, I you know I think it was a worthy risk. Like because there was also the you know in this whatever universe they decide, like there there there's plenty of scenarios where he doesn't end up needing this major of a surgery perhaps. So, you know, maybe they luck out, but it didn't work out. So, you know, it just sucks no matter how you sort of frame it. But I think that's the cost. And I think it was probably worth the risk to not do it. Scott B wants to know, <laughs> why would the Dodgers be, uh, why would the Dodgers be idiots not to trade for Manny Mercado? Right. Well, and then, you know, certain, a certain Scott B also has a vested interest in, in, you know, Corey Seager as well. Um, I think so. Here's what that's sort of the like. I think within 30 seconds of the injury news breaking, everyone's like, "Well, Dodgers are going after Machado." Like when Bob Nightingale tweets about it, you know it's like super obvious. Like you know, <laughs> um, so uh, that's that's a pipe dream. I think like you just if you just from the logistical standpoint, let's forget money for a second. Machado, Manny Machado, great player. Um, Excellent defender at third, natural shortstop. He's playing shortstop this year. Um, he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So you're already looking at, like, what, do, does it make sense to give up what you, we're going to have to give up for a superstar of this caliber to, um, you know, for however long you have him? Let's say four months. So like maybe they're not going to do the trade tomorrow, but let's, let's say sometime in the next month, they could swing a deal. So you're talking about like two thirds of a season of Machado. And then that's going to cost, I mean, everyone's sort of speculating, well, it has to include Walker Bueller. Well, that's not going to happen. Like 
you'd have to, you know, it might include like Alex Verdugo, but that's what you're talking about. It's, it's a big package, even though you're only, you're not getting him for more than the four months, but um, it just, that, it just seems like a, a hard sell that they would even do that. Um, given that they're, what they're doing now is essentially making Chris Taylor, the shortstop, and then Kiki's going to fill in um, and then use the outfield depth that way. So I think it's, you know, perhaps maybe more prudent that they, you know, they just see what, what they sort of have that like, you could, you could do a lot of things like um, you could trade for an outfielder, um, fill the gap that way, have Taylor stick it short. You could, I saw someone uh, stick him at first and move Bellinger to the outfield. That actually makes some sense. Like you just, you know, you want to add like a thumper or whatever to the lineup to, to fill what you're missing. But um, getting back to Machado for a second, like there's the other factors. He's making 16 million this year. Like at this point right now, he's got about 13 million left. The Dodgers are already at like 182, 183 million in luxury tax payroll. So that's before like the Maeda incentives, um, which you could, you know, if you just want to be completely cold and heartless, you can manipulate by just moving him to the bullpen and he never gets any of those incentives. But let's just say he's probably going to get, you know, I don't know, four, let's say four to five million is probably reasonable to assume. Um, so you sort of have to account for that. The threshold's 197. So they would have to get creative. You ba- And then it leaves them no room to upgrade what other things they need to upgrade, which is like they're going to have to probably, if they have oh. designs and content, they, it will get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, yeah. you know, there's like, so it, it seems like a logistical nightmare to trade for Machado when it's just someone they could just sign if they're that interested in them this offseason. Now, obviously it doesn't help 2018, but I think they're at a point where they have to be sort of realistic about this and, um, so I don't think Machado is necessarily a fit. Okay. I have to, if, but if he becomes one, I have to learn how to say Machado. I always oh, yeah. say Machado. I have no idea why. <laughs> well, you could, I you know could, how you it's said practice. every time I, I say it and then I immediately go, that's yeah. not how you say it. And then you're already answering. So I can't correct myself. So. Well, at least you didn't say like maining or something. That would have been, that would have been weird. Well, I'm <laughs> sorry. Please, please come to the Dodgers. Maybe next off season. Make exactly. it work. Just him, Bryce. Resigning. Look, um, Clayton Kershaw. Unrelated to that, CK wants to know: Can anyone else other than that dreamboat Clayton Kershaw pitch out of the the starting, well, the starting role? See, here, well, here, here's the deal: like about the the sort of opening the season, like the starters have actually probably been the strength of the team. Like they've been pretty solid. Like Rich Hill, I know, had like one bad start before he went on the DL. Um, Walker Bueller's had a couple decent starts. Um, he only went to five innings both times, but he's been, he's, you know, has electric stuff looking pretty good. Hyunjin Ryu looks like sort of the old Hyunjin Ryu. Kenta Maeda striking out like a ton of batters. So Alex Wood has been okay, like not, not really great, but also pretty effective. So honestly, like those guys, like I, they've been pretty good. It's like, it's pretty just the rest of the staff that's been like a just a supreme disappointment so far. Speaking of the rest of the staff. Uh, Brandon M wants to know uh, why is the Dodgers bullpen so bad? Yeah, uh, it's not a very creative question writing from our listeners. Gotta get right, better at this, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's too busy winning. Um, so yeah, like I think you know part of it just every like everyone's been bad. Like like basically like when their their whole bullpen is like you know you know you you always try to like find a bunch of guys figure out what works, but. You, you have the safety blanket of having Kenley Jansen at the end of the game. 
like Kenley Jansen still hasn't thrown a one, two, three inning this year. So he's just, he's been up and down, not very, not Kenley like, um, and it's been like that. It's Tony Stringani was great until like, and then he had a dead arm last week and then was throwing like 89 or 90 against San Francisco and gave up four runs. He had, um, he was throwing harder last night. He, he got back into a game, but his command was off. So you know, maybe he's okay. Maybe he's not, but like <laughs> when you're, you, you got to have like at least one or two other guys who are reliable and everyone's just been bad. Like JT Chargois is probably the guy who's sort of been the nice find, but like the other two guys they brought in, Scott Alexander was super wild. He basically is a one pitch pitcher and was not able to sort of control that pitch. So they sent him down. Tom Kohler still, he's throwing now in Arizona, but uh, it's going to be a while before he's back. But so like the guys they added really haven't got much from. And then, the holdovers, like Josh Fields, decent, like, um, main numbers, like peripherals, eh, you know, and he's been kind of looked bad of late. Um, everyone else has just been, like, kind of hit or miss. Um, Pedro Baez had a decent run, but also, um, you know, he's Pedro Baez, and, um, you know, he everyone wants to shoot him into the sun every time he comes in. So, uh, and sometimes with good reason, honestly. Like, he he's, has some games where you're just like, what the hell? But, um yeah, they. That's going to be an area they probably have to address at some point, like with a with a trade. Like Daniel Hudson looked has looked okay, but also like, you know, not the, he's he's working his way back into it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like part of the solution, like none of this, no one ever wants to hear this, but part of the solution is like the guys they have just have to pitch better. <laughs> like and, <laughs> and so like that's always the hardest one to sort of swallow. Uh, but yeah, I, I suspect. They're going to make an upgrade there or two. They always do. So that's something to look for. Um, yeah. Travis wants to know, is there anything to be hopeful about? Hmm. Well, the sweet release of death. <laughs> no. Um, nope. Commercial-free podcast yeah, coming soon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're uh, working on that, uh, trying to maneuver some things around. I'm guessing around. this one has commercials, but you and I will figure it out. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Exactly. Hope, yeah. But no, I uh, look forward to um, Dave Roberts managing the All Star game this year, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's, you know, uh, Chase Elliott already got his 200th hit by pitch. Um, we've already, we, we, we've <laughs> so already come to this. You're right. We've already been a part of history today. Uh, the, speaking of the bullpen, the Dodgers did a little shuffling. They had Brock Stewart up for a day or two days. He pitched last night in a, in a game in relief. Sent him down today. They brought up Edward Paredes, the left-hander. On the same day, like within minutes, the Angels also called up Eduardo Paredes, uh, uh, a right-hander. And I learned this um, from Alex Friedman, the Oklahoma City play-by-play guy. Um, Eduardo Paredes and Edward Paredes both were teammates on the 2016 AA Arkansas Travelers. That's an Angels team. They and I looked up the game logs. I think they pitched in 14 different games together. So that's wonderful. Um, that had to be amazing. So very happy about this day. Um, and then Bacob Jerch, old, I old, love that guy. old listener. Yeah, uh, long time listener. What is your outlook for the team? Um, so someone brought this up today, and what's weird, like, so this is my um, my tenth season, like writing at Trouble LA, which has basically been like an everyday thing. Uh, for that long. And um, there's, you know, 
a lot of things I just don't remember writing. <laughs> like, like <laughs> so some things stand out, like I remember and stuff. But um, someone like uh, Daniel Brim, I think, was saying like we need we need Trubelay to declare the season over because that's what spurred him on in 2013. And I was like, well, I remember thinking that for sure. But I don't. I have no recollection of writing it. So, but I looked it up, and it, it was pretty epic. Like, um, I just—it was the weekend review post, and this is like in the middle of May. Oh, speaking of the Dodger bullpen, um, they just gave up a lead. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I was, you know, writing about. They were like well under, like I think something like over ten games under five hundred. They've been outscored like by a run a game and the, the title of the post was just it's over. And then in, in the like sort of the end of the, the, the introduction of the piece, I said, stick a fork in the Dodgers. They're done. Um, and sure enough, they they went on that 43 and seven run, which we never thought we'd see. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. They were 42 and eight. Yeah, and uh, we never thought we'd see that beaten, and uh, we all know what happened after that. But yeah, it was just, so that I, I'm not there yet to answer your question this year. Uh, I don't like at this point. I don't think they're going to win the division, though. I will say that um, I thought they were before the end of the season. Before the season, um, I just think I, I thought the Diamondbacks were like a 90-ish win team and a wild card team. So the the fact that they started so hot, they're eight games up uh, coming into uh, to May. Um, just given that head start and where you sort of, if even if the let's say the Diamondbacks go at their preseason pace and the Dodgers go at their pace, that, that, that's still hard to make up eight games. So I like I don't think they're going to win the division uh, this year. So I think they they're going to have to scramble, um, but uh, they're definitely in contention for a wild card uh, for sure. So I'm not that's you know you haven't it's not like all is lost, but it, like it cer- certainly feels that way. So like just watching how they're playing right now. Um, just, it's also hard good. just because because so many pieces are are missing. Like I find myself not thinking about next year, but like that's where my hope resides. Because not because I think it, this season is hopeless, but because there's just so much unknown and so much mysteries. Whereas, well, at least what's going on next year is you know there's some facts behind that. Who's coming? Who's a free agent? Um, and again, that's yeah. sad. That's not where you want to be in May. And I, I certainly have not given up hope that something weird can happen together. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, what, I don't. I don't know what the Dodgers either making a wild card or you know really turning the tables and winning the division. I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, but yeah. there's a lot of ways that they can. There's a lot of ways that can look like. I just can't tell you what that is. Yeah, like for instance, like Bravik Valera played right field last night. He didn't start, but he, at some point in the game, we're just like, Oh, okay. That's, that's a thing. And then like, <laughs> they, they've basically been like platooning Max Muncy and Kyle Farmer at third, which is like, you, you could have told me that like at the end of March and I would have been like, what? Um, so that's, I didn't, you know, who saw that coming? Um, so yeah, it's weird. Um, and it's like, like I said, there's always a point in the season, no matter how good you are, where you just look like the worst, like you just, you're, how is this team ever going to win ever? And they're sort of there right now. Like, and it I think it's like... frustrating when it starts the year like that because you haven't seen the the team mm-hmm. what they look like this season, right? Especially with the players down that they have down. Yeah, and, and then like you know you're you know early on you're like well it's early they're going to probably turn things around. Hey, Justin Turner is probably going to come back, and then like well Turner still hasn't come back. Forsyth is still out. Yasiel Puig probably back next week. So that's not a big thing, but. 
you know, now Corey Seager's out for the year. Now it's you're in full scramble mode. And then like, you know, and like I said, if you, if you have a bullpen that's constantly like just underperforming and not, not good, you're, that's no formula for, you know, for success. You're, you're, if like no, um, if no leads are safe, like, you know, you're just like, oh, we got to do more. And then you, you, you find yourself like behind, like they've, they've had some pretty good, like, relatively good comebacks like they were down five nothing last night they lost eight five but like part of that they were never really close but part of that is because the diamondbacks like tacked on against the bullpen the same thing last week against the marlins like they fell behind early and then they end up scoring late but because of the late runs tacked on against the bullpen like it just didn't matter so like they're just not giving themselves chances like they have um they have two comeback wins this year like so far that's like nothing they had like 47 last year um so that's, you know, it's like once once a game's a certain way, like it, it's just really hard to sort of overcome that. Um, so that's that's really been a problem. Um, one last question before you go. Uh, specifically, you, you hinted at it. Justin Turner, do we have an update? I know he hasn't. The, the update is sort of no update, but do we have any sort of specifics around that? They showed yeah. they showed something earlier today. Um, uh, the Sports in LA broadcast did. They had some footage. He's there in Arizona, so they were over at Camelback Ranch, and he and Logan Forsythe were both like, you know, playing catch, doing things. Um, the initial plan was like for Turner to be ready for like a rehab assignment as early as this weekend. Dave Roberts said today that's they're pushing him back to like probably next week. So if he's rehab assignment like next week, let's even push it back and say it's next weekend. You're looking at like third week of may when he's like activated which is roughly what we kind of thought at the beginning of the season that that's like the six week mark or roughly you know six or seven weeks so Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of where we're at there Forsyth is probably back a little sooner um which but that's longer than initially thought so um that's sort of where those guys are at i suspect puig will be activated like sort of whenever he's available which is i think uh, after the mexico series so uh, next week at some point but yeah i think we're in like a reasonable reasonably soon with those guys but not quite yet because you know they really have to go on a minor league rehab assignment before you can really sort of ramp up any sort of excitement for a return because you know, until you sort of see it that's hard to sort of visualize it sure well anything you wanted to add before we kind of sign off and wait till next week see see how <laughs> see if there's a anything hopeful that can generate after kind of a kind of a bummer of a week like it's, yeah, been a, it's been a uh, middling season, but the last week has been specifically just depressing. Yeah, it was like really bad. Like they they the the they were facing like the two worst offenses in the National League coming into the week in the Marlins and the Giants, and I think at one stretch they gave up like uh, eight six eight and eight runs or something like that to them. So it was like it was bad uh, just overall. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else right now to add. I, I'm probably forgetting some, but we're, we're kind of playing catch-up and going through the stuff here. But, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, no. Well, thank you to all our uh, listeners, our attentive listeners, for sending questions in. But you know what? Uh, you can, too, listener, actual listener, uh, at True Blue LA at Jacob Birch. That's B-U-R-C-H. And also, um, if email is your thing, you can send it to tblapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get those as well. Um, any and all sort of questions, suggestions, whatever, we'll uh, try to mix it up a little bit. Uh, just let us know. And then, you know, if you want, rate us on iTunes. That'd be cool. 
uh, be like, hey, these guys should podcast more often. Well, you know, I read, so I, he, I, yeah. I avoid criticism like the plague, so I don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fragile person. But I read the read the reviews yesterday, and they were all really wonderful, except one, which said uh, it had two complaints. It was a one star review. It said, um, man, commercials are everywhere. Listener, we're solving that. It's going to go away. Yeah. Two, I think it was something like we tried too hard to get cheap laughs in. That's not going anywhere. Right, that's no. here to stay. God. If any, if anyway, and first of all, try is a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> so we we succeeded in getting those cheap laughs, but then even if it's only Jacob and I laughing, we're getting, yeah. I think that was the gist is that we're trying laughs. to make each other laugh too much. But you know what? That's yeah. How we, that's how what makes the pain go away. Well, here's the weird thing about this. So, okay, a little peek behind the curtain here. So we usually, for a long time, we use Skype to record, mm-hmm. and and like I never really used my my camera, and I just as a habit, I think I just had it default off. Then we we switched over to Google Hangouts, and then like for some reason tonight, uh, both of us have our camera on, and it's like the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Like watch, we normally do not watch each other while we're doing this, so it's like it's like almost like a, a real human interaction which is odd yeah so uh, this is, is very very odd so we're we're working through it uh, we'll get there but yeah so I guess thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week when I'm one step one day away from going to a weird out concert thanks for listening everybody <laughs>